Hi, everybody. It's Kirk Anderson and Josh Bowe coming to you early, early Tuesday morning following a Mavericks loss to the Los Angeles Clippers, 118 to 110. Josh Bowe is here with me. He is experiencing some technical difficulties because whatever storm blew through Dallas last night apparently destroyed his internet. So he's being a trooper and he watched the game somehow, some way, and now he is ready to talk to me. He's dialed in. Josh, what's up? I am very close to going to jail. That's that's my mindset right now, Kirk. Well, that's my job. What is happening? Oh, the KP thing, man. It's driving me nuts. I cannot. I'm. I mean, this is gonna have to be an explicitly tagged podcast. So I apologize, but I cannot fucking believe that ejection. That is, it is one of the most horseshit things I've seen. And you know, this is coming from me. I'm not the ref guy. I'm not the None guy. None of us are anymore. Who, we watch too much. Right. Right. And I'm never a ref guy, but that was, that was obscene. It was embarrassing. And it was quite frankly, disrespectful to the game for the, because here's the thing, you know, about technical fouls and stuff is that they try really hard, the NBA to put it in the rule book, specific action. Like they want to try to get it written down. So like, it's, it's a specific thing that they call on guys when they do certain things call technical fouls. But at the end of the day, a technical foul is basically a judgment call, right? It is not a, did this ball go out of bounds on someone's hand, yes or no? Did a foot step on this line, yes or no? Was a foot on the restricted area? Was, uh, was, a, was the ball on the backboard for the goaltend? No, te- that's not what a technical foul is. A technical foul is basically a judgment call. No matter how hard the NBA tries to write in every single little obscene fraction, uh, uh, infraction that a player can make during a game, it's still a judgment call. So when they gave KP the first technical, which was bullshit because he had a clean block, and K- I don't blame KP. He just got he thought he got hosed on the Zubac block on him, which was a bang bang play. That was that was close. I I think Zubac got a, a lot of ball, but you know he also kind of got him a little bit on the arm and the wrist before that. Uh, and then the, immediately it's the next possession, and he blocks Paul George and gets all ball and, and gets it. So like I don't blame Kristaps uh, for being mad. So they give him that, and, you know, the refs probably saw the replay or they heard it from somewhere that they blew, they blew that call. So you got to have that in mind when you're a ref. And when they go and they review the dust-up with, with Marcus Morris, the refs basically have the power of the game, the, the, the game in their hands. They can go, okay, in a normal situation, in a preseason game, in a regular season game, in something like this, we probably would do double technical and we eject prisoners. But they – can talk about this and they can go, okay, the ramifications of that are we are basically saying game over. I mean, you know, we can all say the Mavericks had chances and they certainly did, but come on, like you're basically deciding the game in the second quarter and they could have just been like, you know what, we're not going to do double technicals. We'll do double fouls and we can go to KP after this and we can go, look, we, we didn't call, we didn't eject you, but it was close. And in normal circumstances, we would, but we understand it's game one of the playoffs. This is your first playoff game. This is very important to you. Your emotions are high. We're going to let you have this, but you're on thin eye. You know, you have been officially warned. We will not, you know, we will call this again if you do this again. But they didn't. They said, nah, fuck it. Just screw the game. Let's flush this game on national television down the toilet and let's eject the, sec- you know, the fourth best player uh, between the two teams, you know, on the court. Uh, because you know, fuck it, who cares, man? Right? We gotta, we gotta enforce the rules, and we gotta, we gotta clean this game up and tighten it up because that's what everyone on TV is watching about. 
well, and that's what drives me. That's what drives me nuts, man. That's what drives me absolutely nuts. Big fan, big fan of you sounding like me. I'm here for more of this. <laughs> um, you, I think you left out the fact that before Luca got called for his first technical, he absolutely got fouled on a play that was the exact same as what he was called a foul on. And I mean, it was yeah, like yeah. a couple plays later. It was the ensuing was- possession. So back-to-back yeah. calls, blown leads. This is why people think the NBA is rigged. This is why. Like, I, I don't, I, I, I hate to take it to 100 quite so quickly. The NBA is not rigged. But this is why casual fans say, man, the Mavs are getting fucked again. And it just, it, it, it was really, it was really, really, really bad. And it's yeah, the it, sort of thing. It's the sort of thing that taints the series in yeah. a way it, because, you know, the Mavericks, what if the Maverick, like, like, let's be real. The Mavericks escape with one tonight. That is a phenomenal story. The Clippers still likely win the series because the Clippers are really, really good. But that, I, I, I wasn't mad. I've not been mad. I've been really sad in a way that that I wasn't ready for like I was like kind of despondent for a good chunk of the third quarter um I don't blame be- because it was just like well there goes that because the team yeah, that I wins game like 1 out. yeah yeah and I I just don't I don't know what to do with that like like uh, it stinks and, because- and I, yeah sorry go, go ahead. ahead I keep interrupting you yeah, um, I I just I'm I'm very sad and and that's that's yeah. where I am right now yeah, and then I want to make the point, you know, I'm seeing tweets, and I, I cannot believe that I'm seeing these, but I, it's Twitter, so whatever, but I'm seeing these like, oh, man, you know, KP knew he had a technical. He's got to be a lot smarter. And I'm like, do, do they, have these people played basketball before? Like, what? Like, I don't understand. Like, you're looking at a Clippers team and that we all knew, and you know the Mavs knew too. They are going to try to bully Luka and push him around and give him the Dirk treatment that a lot of teams try to do that bullshit with Dirk, and they're going to try to yeah. push him after the whistle. They're going to try to tug on his shorts. They're going to try to, you know, set harder screens. They're going to grab his arm, you know, when the refs aren't looking. You're going to do all that kind of crap, and that's exactly what Marcus Morris did. And KP saw that and said, no, we're not going to put up with this shit. And he know this has been an issue for the team all year, is that they, let's be real, they're a bunch, they're, they're a bunch of nice guys on the yeah. team. And you need some edge and you need some physicalness to this team. And you cannot, and KP saw his star player in the first, you know, in the, it's the second quarter. It's not even the third or the fourth quarter. It's the second quarter and Marcus Morris was already trying to start some bullshit. And KP said, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not going to let this happen. I'm going to step in. I'm going to protect my guy because I'm not going to let you guys try to bully us all series. And like, KP's got to be smart. So, like, is KP supposed to just be like, okay, you know, let's just, you know, run all over us. You know, you just just push us all, push us away. Do whatever you like. You know, we're going to be calm and cool and collected, and we're going to let you guys, you know, be the big jerks all series. Like, no, that's not, like, that's not how NBA playoff basketball works. Like, I just don't understand that. And, like, when he gets, you know, the maybe the first foul, like, you got to be smart. Like, these guys are paid millions of dollars to perform in these exact situations, and the pressure on them is so immense that you're going to let – like, it's not like KP ran up to a ref and was threatening him or, like, you know, you know it's, it's, a, 
it's a fist pump in the air after a bad call, and he's like 20 feet away from a ref. These guys are so wired, and the pressure is so immense that you're going to let a five-second flare-up dictate so much. Like, you've got to have some perspective from the refs in terms of having some warnings and letting guys get away with it as long as they are not being crossing a line. And there's so, definitely a line they could cross. But you're in, in Dallas, so that, right? Yeah. yeah so I'm in you have, did you have the – I did not have the Dallas broadcast. How did the Dallas broadcast react? I would say that for the most part, they thought it was kind of unbelievable. Uh, Derek Harper was kind of like uh, when, as soon as KP went into it, Derek Harper was like, Hey, he's got a tech. What's he doing? And like, you know, Derek Harper is, uh, you know, a Mavs, you know, he's got his Jersey hung right. in the Mavs Raptors. He's played <laughs> in this league for 16 years and he has been in some shit in game in playoff games. Like, you know, he's not, he has been, you know, he is a, he was a tough physical guy. So, I don't want to discredit what he was saying, but like, you know, he was kind of on that side of KP's got to, got to know better and he's got to be smarter than that. And maybe that's just Hart being, you know, the 16, you know, he's been in the league. He's, he's a veteran guy that has been around this league for a very long time. So maybe that kind of helps with his perspective as well. And we're just guys sitting on the couch. So I totally get it. But to me, it's like, you can't let, you can't let this happen in game one. You got to stand your ground somewhere. And you got to stand up to these guys. And I would, like, if I'm honest, I would have KP do that same thing 10 out of 10 times. Like, if if that happened 10 times over, like, I'd want to do the same thing 10 times. Like, that's just how I feel. I just don't, this team needs a physical edge. And they got to be smart. You know, they can't start clubbing guys and and being out of their element. But they got to stay in their ground, right? Like, they got to stand up for themselves. Well, I I feel. I was watching the SBN broadcast and, and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson and Mike Breen, all three of them were baffled. They brought on ESPN's, you know, ref guy, former referee, Steve Jabby, who proceeds to try to explain uh, why uh, the, the ejection happened and just essentially like very, very defensive. Like, it was it was really, really funny in the sense that it, the like none of the three of them we're hearing it at all. And during the game, my friend Jared Dubin tweeted, Steve Javi, you can't tell me the one things refs want to do is avoid the ejection when they literally just ejected the guy. An easy way to avoid the ejection would have not to been to give the ejection. Like it, it was so stupid. And there's there's a screenshot that and this is the thing I don't understand. Why go to replay if you don't see Marcus Morris? Put his fucking hand on KP's throat, which happened. Right. So, yes. Are they, what is so the is he going to get suspended? I mean, <laughs> at, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if, at a minimum, that second tech gets rescinded because those things like the points matter for playoffs. So, I'm a little right. confused there. And I, I want to go back to your point earlier about somebody coming to Luca's defense. That's been a thing that's really important because, frankly, these guys haven't done it enough. The Mavericks need a little bit of a goon next year because Luca gets hit a lot. What happened that led to KP going over there was Morris beating the crap out of Luca. Like right. that can't be understated. The refs were not protecting Luca in a situation. The extracurricular from Marcus Morris on Luca deserved a technical. The, if if that's how they're going to call it with these texts, does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I don't know. It does. I don't know. And here you want to. I'm looking at post game quotes. This one's from Callie Kaplan. 
who were big fans of at the Dallas Morning News. Luca on Porzingis' ejection. I knew that KP had my back. He did it for me. Not just Jeez. for me, but the whole team appreciates that. I don't think it was fair. That's why, he, like, that's why I'm totally cool with him doing it, yep. doing what he did. Yep. Well, let's let's talk about more. So, yeah, we got to talk about the the, the rest of the. Let's talk about the rest of, of the game. Forty six minutes. Yeah, in which there were a lot of other really weird things. So. Now that we're far enough in it, I feel okay saying this. Rick Carlisle doing the Rick Carlisle thing where they must have seen some data or something and switching KP into the starting lineup, not KP, Maxi into the starting lineup and playing two bigs was a risk and it was not, it, it, it was a disaster, um, I think, to put it lightly. Now, do you think it was a disaster because a little bit of the quicksand effect because things started poorly. Like Maxi turned the ball over within three seconds. Um, and, and he's, he's such a rhythm player. I think he had an awful game. I wrote about him. Um, and I'm not sure if, if, if the strategy was bad or if things just got bad in a hurry because of the combination of like the Clippers being bad and the Mavericks like lose or Clippers being good and the Mavericks losing their minds. I think it could go both ways. I think I'm going to guess, because, I mean, Rick doesn't do this unless he has some numbers that back him up. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have the KP Maxi numbers in front of me, but I'm sure that there are numbers with them in the regular season or maybe against the Clippers of that duo performing well. And I think on paper, you understand why, because you look at if you start Seth, Luca, if you start, you know, next to Luke and KP, if you start Seth Hardaway and Dorian Finney-Smith, the Clippers are rolling out Morris, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. That means one of those three guys has either Luca or Seth on him because you're not going to put Casey on him. And Dorian can only guard one of them. So I think on paper you're thinking Maxi is one of our top two or three defenders. He's the only other guy on this roster besides Dorian Finney-Smith that stands even a snail's chance of uh, of staying in front of, of a George or Leonard or matching up with like a Morris just because Maxi he's pretty quick uh, you know he's pretty fast to foot and he, and uh, he moves pretty well for a big even though you don't prefer him on a wing you, the, the roster is what it is they don't have a lot of wings that they're out there so he, he and Rick knows this so I think that that thinking I think is sound but in practice, I think it was pretty clear from the first quarter and from the rest of the game where they tried that lineup that it just benefited the Clippers because it took away from the Mavericks' strength, which is when they lost Dwight Powell and they do this five-out offense where they've got five guys that can shoot and four guys uh, that are on the perimeter. And when you put Maxi in there, I think it, it means they're easier to guard because it, it lets the Clippers hide someone, quote-unquote, on Maxi when normally that's a set who can handle himself in the pick and roll and run off screens and stuff like that. And I think it really bogged down the offense. And it was because the Mavericks haven't been playing two bigs on the floor to start games for a long, basically since Powell got injured. So it was like, kind of reminded me of like the Avery kind of overreacting in the finals kind of thing. Like they got to stay true to who they are. And I think that lineup in the first quarter, like, the only way they're winning the series is if they shoot the piss out of the ball and they outscore the Clippers down the floor. 
and you love what Maxi can potentially do, but you thought like Kawhi snatched Maxi's soul tonight. There's no yeah. other way I could describe it. And it's not even Maxi's fault because I think he No, did, the guy's he, amazing. He gave it his effort. Right. He tried as hard as he can. It felt like Kawhi was offended that the Mavericks put a big on him. Like that's honestly how it looked like he was playing. But like that's the point. It's like if Maxi's not gonna you know, if it's not gonna matter in terms of slowing down one of those guys, then you might as well stick to who you are and be like, look, we we probably can't guard you straight up, but we're gonna shoot, we're gonna score and we're going to try to have you guys keep up with us. Uh, and so that's why it just seemed off, especially. And then, like you said, Maxi seemed not ready to start the game. So no. to say it lightly. No. And so. the turnaround in the first quarter was wild because I don't know what was happening with that floor. Cause there were, it wasn't just the Mavericks in the second half. I saw Kawhi Leonard also slip in like the same spot. Like there was something odd happening with that floor tonight. So when Luca fell in the first quarter, it was, it, things looked dark. And then the Clippers let up just a bit. Hardaway got going a little bit. And then they, all of a sudden they were tied. And it's a reminder of just how well the team can shoot when things are going right. And, and, they didn't get enough yeah. looks for Seth Curry. That was something that I walked away from the game from thinking, which I feel like that, you know, he got, he was four of eight from distance. And I feel as if he should have had more attempts uh, because, you mm-hmm. know, when, when, you know, Maxi Maxi has five and, and Dorian Finney Smith has five. It, I don't know. It's just, it, it didn't work for me. The Mavericks played an extremely short bench. They, they got going. They, it, things were just, Things were just working in their favor. And then they just sort of turned on a dime. And it wasn't, it was happening, like the Mavericks were cold in the third quarter, even before Porzingis got ejected. And yep. that just took the rest of the wind out of their sails. I I don't, mm-hmm. that, that did not feel like fourth quarter crunch time malaise. It felt like the Clippers are really good at defense, right? Yep, I agree. And, and I don't – the Mavericks have to figure out a way to manufacture some points for either – one of the things I, I've been thinking about is, like, Luka had 11 turnovers. Like, Luka was a mess, like a glorious, beautiful mess in which he did so much interesting stuff. I don't even really know where to start. But what the Clippers also did is take away a lot of the things that he likes. I don't think he made a single pass to the roll man the entire night. Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. The Clippers just shut that down. Doc Rivers is going off in post game talking about how he's a little mad at some of the passes they gave up. I don't understand why. He kicked it out <laughs> when Sutley... I suppose he's saying, well, we shouldn't overhelp. Well, if... if Like, the difference is with Luca is that if, if he doesn't get overhelp, he's going to put up the shot. Some of the makes that he made tonight were insane in the lane. And I, I yep. guess I suppose they're saying they want him to shoot more of those because they're high difficulty attempts. I guess I can see why. I guess they'd rather give up two than three to a certain extent. Feels like very like how the Mavericks guarded um, Steve Nash back when he was with the Suns. This is, 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 is very peculiar to me with, with what was going on. I don't see... I the, the Mavs better hope they see something on film because the way the the options this is just a very fulfilling prophecy in terms of what you and I talked about in our podcast a couple of days ago where the length of the Clippers was a massive problem for the Mavericks. Luca simply played awesome offensively, with the exception of about you know a couple of instances where he really really crapped the bed in terms of turnovers. 
Yeah, and I agree. And, you know, we talk about this. How many times do we talk about this after the Mavericks lose a close game against a good team? It's Luka with 42 on 21 shots. Dorian Finney-Smith, one of five. Really had 21 shots? <laughs> yeah, because okay. he, he shot 15 free throws. Yeah, that's um, true. But, yeah. Uh, but Dorian – but so you have Luka with 42 points on 21 shots. Dorian Finney-Smith, nine points, one of five from three. Maxi three points, one of five from three. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., who I thought had a really good first half, but then ran out of steam uh, big time in the second half. Four of 11 from three. Seth was basically the only one other other than Luca who had a pretty decent night shooting the ball, four of eight from three. But then, you know, the bench, Trey Burke only had two points in 20 minutes, Boban two points in 12 minutes. Uh, I feel awful that the lightning struck with Michael Kidd-Gilchrist giving two three-pointers in under eight minutes of play, and they kind of couldn't capitalize on that because how many more solar eclipses will have to pass before that happens again for him. Uh, But, yeah, you know, it's just, when when KP went out, like you said, the wind was out of their sails, and then the Mavericks were so one note because they just didn't. It was basically Lucas Davis. That was mm-hmm. that was what they had because well, the team is so thin right now, and it was basically can Hardaway and Curry step up, and Curry stepped up a little bit, but man, that fourth quarter stretch where Hardaway and Curry traded three possessions woo! in a row of hero ball while Lucas on the floor. That was that was really rough and bizarre to watch. Well, there's also I need to go find the where was the shot in the fourth quarter? Gosh darn it! I, the game log, whenever you know, it does the reset thing. There was also something. So so we gotta one thing we do have to do is is hold Luca accountable here. At the 158 mark, Marcus Morris Senior makes a three point jumper after um, Seth Curry missed that three, and the reason that three went down and you'll see this in the film is Luca essentially did the thing where he pouts and puts his head down and doesn't get back on defense. And look, growing pains are a thing guys, 21, but he has, there are things within how he plays that he can control. And the, the, the non-defense after things that upset him happens at least three to four times a game. And they've been devastating, frankly. I don't. That was like one of the really big black marks. I think it's lost in the fact that the Mavericks were down. Um, let's see here. They were down 102 to 106. Luca had made a, a shot. They go back. Um, there's that. It, 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 you'll see it if you watch the replay. But it was, it was just, it was just and a I little. Think it's because, and normally I'm, I'm kind of, I, I agree with you. And. But at the same time, he it was oh why Tim, why they reaction. did that was stupid because Tim Hardaway Jr.'s yeah, really bad foray into the paint, which resulted in him falling over backwards. Then I think <laughs> Seth's thing at like those two things were terrible. Like what are what are we Luca, doing? Luca was Luca was our avatar. Like that yeah. was how everyone watching the game as a Mavericks fan felt, and he was like you know, and it just of course it had to happen on a live ball after Seth misses a three poorly that bounces right out. So the Clippers can get a fast break. Like it's just funny. Like if that ball bounces like out of bounds or something like mm-hmm. Luca yelling at Seth doesn't matter, but boy, did the Mavericks not have the ball bounce their way a lot uh, yeah. in this game? Yeah. But that's yeah. Good. That's a learning moment. It's a learning moment. 
I do want to give a big, big, big shout out to Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who hit two threes out of three attempts. That was phenomenal. Uh, His shot didn't look like it's looked. I don't, I suppose he's probably because he's worked on it a ton, but I thought it was pretty cool that Luca had the, the, you know, the confidence to pass it to him. Those sorts of things are huge for, for as things go on in the series. I'd be really, I, I, I hope he gets the occasional minute in way, you know, because, I mean, Dorian, Dorian's a mixed bag some nights. Some nights he's just overwhelmed. And I think, I I, I, I could be wrong on this, but I think that, that Kid Gocrest is a little bit thicker of a man, like stronger, because like Dorian Finney-Smith's a really yeah. wiry guy. And as, as hard as he plays, he's still, you know, 6'8", 220 pounds, 250 pounds, whatever he is. He's still going to get shoved around from time to time. So I hope at this point I'm 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 just taking taking the – I was wrong about Kid Gilchrist. Let's give him – I'd like to see him get a, a few more minutes. Yeah, and I think – and I, I think, you know, as much as we talked about with Rick with the maxi starting thing and that maybe not working out, uh, I got to give Rick credit in terms of the rotation. You know, Justin Jackson and Kid Gilchrist took his – small burn which is great to see because we I mean, we don't have to get into the jackson thing we both nope it's very clear but so that was good and delon wright only got six minutes which is a disappointing thing that's like in a in a broader spectrum but i think considering the way that guy's played in the bubble and the way he's been inconsistent all season that is also the right call uh, it yep. hurts that trey burke only had two points in 20 minutes but at least he i mean there's you know there's something there with burke you know as opposed to Wright, who just kind of meanders on the court for his time, and you don't know what you're going to get. Um, so I'm I'm cool with the rotation in that sense, and it sucks that he has to tighten it up so much because man, they just they need one more guy uh, so bad. And, and another thing I wanted to shout out was is, uh, the stretch of the game where Luca didn't play at the start of the fourth. Start quarter. of the fourth. That was big. It, yeah, like it, it's such a shame that when Luca came back in that they kind of shit the bed. But before that, man, I'm I was really impressed with the the lineup that was out there without Luca to keep things uh, afloat uh, and let him get a breather. Uh, that was that was huge. The game the game could have been like a twelve point game by the time Luca subbed back in, and it wasn't because they played their asses off. And just unfortunately, after that moment, they Seth and Tim Hardaway Jr. had some insane brain farts. I think so. What are you going to do? Well, that's about all I got. I think we're disappointed and frustrated about things that are outside of the Mavericks control. I think that, you know, we're, they know that, that they, they, you know, can't turn the ball over like that. And they need to hit a few more open threes of which, you know, they had such a hot streak, but then they ended up shooting, uh, they were 12 of good God. Okay. So they were 12 of 21. They finished fifth after the first first half. They finished fifteen of forty three. Um, that is what is the math there? I am so bad at this sort of stuff at late at night. So forty three. <laughs> oh come on, numbers well, lock. I'm not even on a computer. I'm on a phone. So there's they were three of twenty two in the second half from distance. That will kill you every time. Yeah, yep. and not having Przingis for an entire half. Yeah. To space things because, like, let's be real, the Clippers did not care about Maxi. 
You know, no. um, they did not guard him like they would have guarded KP uh, and on those possessions. So that hurts. Yep. And then, man, the KP thing, I know we're about to go, but, man, like, because he's the guy, right? Like, he's the one guy the Clippers can't be like, well, we're going to throw one of our 8,000 wings at him and completely neutralize. Like, he's the one guy that the Clippers don't have an immediate counter card to. And that's and it, he had 14 points in 19 minutes. It was just oh, that was it's such a shame. But hopefully there's 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 some film in there to to build off of that they can look at. Uh, and they just you know they can they can maybe hold their heads up high in terms of they deserve to be on the floor with this team and they deserve to be able to you know win these games at least in terms of you know they didn't outside of the first you know the first five minutes they. You know, they look like they very much belong. So hopefully they can take something from this game, and, and we'll see in game two. Yep, yep. Well, we will have a lot of content up on MavsMoneyBall.com. I hope today, tomorrow, there's going to be a lot to talk about. We already have a recap up. We have a numbers post coming. Uh, hopefully we'll get something, you know, about a little bit of, of what, you know, what else went on with this game based on post-game stuff. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday because we're right back at it uh, pretty soon. Uh, well, Josh and I should record after that game. Josh will have power by then and we'll be able to watch it from the comfort of his own home. So, yes, I will. All right. This has been fun. And so much as something like this can be fun. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. You guys have a good start to the week past this crap. See ya. <laughs>